1: I'm Candice Lim and I'm
0: Rachel Hampton and you're listening to ICYMI. I. in case you missed it Slate's podcast about internet culture and that's the first time in almost a year that I have not gone first in the intro. Wow. The new era. She's here. Hello mm-hmm. Candace. How are you? How was your weekend? Did you miss me?
1: Wow, these are very good questions. Um, first off, I'm good. Second off, great weekend. Third off, hell yeah. Rachel. Rachel, Rachel. Rachel. I need to come to you as a woman today. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because there has been something on my mind and I think it's time we talk about it. So can we end it here and move on?
0: um i mean yeah because now i'm a little bit stressed like this is giving me real housewives selling sunset confrontation moment did i Mm -hmm. did i steal your man did i steal your client have i stolen anything um even worse um
1: sam the first night at bed when you left ron made out with two girls JK, jk 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 i'm just kidding i'm just kidding is that from love island very close. It's from a different water adjacent based TV show, Jersey Shore. Um, for context, that was a letter that Snooki wrote to Sam to tell her her boyfriend Ronnie was cheating on her. But we're past this. We're past this. Because the question I wanted to bring to you today, Rachel, was Al Pacino or Robert De Niro?
0: I feel like I'm in a whirlwind I just heard Mm -hmm. the name Snooky for the first time in a long time, and now you're asking me to choose between two of cinema's greatest actors. Um, The answer is obviously I mean, uh, what's your answer before you expose me?
1: Okay, let me start here. So for context, if you guys don't know about this, earlier this month, writer Ashley Reese was at a wedding. And she went on Twitter and she said she was having a debate at the wedding about who was hotter, young Al Pacino or young Robert De Niro.
0: An age-old wedding debate. It's not, is a couple getting divorced. It's not, who's going to hook up with who? It's, who's hotter? These two titans of the silver screen
1: Uh uh-huh uh-huh and you know what let's just let's rip off the band-aid on the count of three rachel you and i are both gonna say our pick all right
0: what if this tears us apart
1: (laughs) oh i mean like we've all quit jobs on day two it's okay um (laughs) all right here we go one two three
0: robert de niro Niro. wow Yes. yes yes okay I'm glad that you can stay because I was really like, maybe the trial period is over. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is where we fall apart. Maybe Mm -hmm. this is, you know, the hill that we choose to die on. But I'm glad that you continue to have good taste because the answer is very obviously Robert De Niro. This is not to say that young Al Pacino was not a beautiful man. He was. But I feel like in the same way that you're either an Aragorn girly or a Legolas girly. You're a Pacino girly or a De Niro girly, and it's for similar reasons. Young Al Pacino is just like a little bit too pretty for me, just a little bit,
1: you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I will say one: I do think jaw shape is important here. It's like, are you a square jaw girl mm. or are you a buccal fat removal girl? Oh. Not accusing anyone of any procedures. Um did they I even will have say, that back then? I mean, <laughs> did Robert De Niro get a BBL? We'll have that conversation. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I will say, I'm going to give one point to Al Pacino because there have been some, uh, let's say, photographic evidence. Let's say Mm -hmm. some possible truth telling that he has a Shrek phone case, which I love. I I love Um, him and I can sit. We can talk about the uh, socialist undertone of Shrek in this modern pro-union labor Mm -hmm. (laughs) economy. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. let me tell you something. To me, to me, a man is hottest when the man is in motion, okay? Do you know why? Mm. Do you know why boys keep complaining about not getting swiped on Tinder? It's because they don't take good photos. However, however, when I see a boy in motion, I see the way he walks left, right, left, right, left, left, right. Wow.
2: (laughs)
0: <laughs> how is he walking why You're like, is he, <laughs> what is going on here why so he is he skips, walking so he like skips, that so he skipped okay, oh he's um, skipping okay 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 i'm i'm with you i'm back with you
1: <laughs> i'm just saying al pacino seems like a left right left and i think robert de niro he's a little koogie. he's a little he's a little wild some days mm-hmm. he wakes up and he said i'm gonna skip hop mm-hmm. skip skip hop to okay. the bodega for yeah. you this morning
0: wow um I really love that we arrived at the same conclusion, but for vastly different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. You're like, you know, I think Robert De Niro is skipping. And I'm like, Robert De Niro has historically, factually loved a Black woman for his entire life. That man is down for Black women so bad. And mm-hmm. as a Black woman myself, I too am down for Black women so bad. And I feel like we come together on this point. I feel like we agree on this point. I feel like we have synergy on this point. And I just feel like that's really good judgment for him. He has discernment. He has something going on. He will love a black woman from infinity to infinity. And I just, (sighs) he has taste. He has Uh taste. And I can't, I can't deny that.
1: Well, that's good. I'm really glad we um, ended this beef. We don't have to do a confrontation episode on Mm -hmm. Selling Sunset Season 7. It's been really great to hash this out with you, Rachel. You are now invited to the birthday party. Uh, You are now invited to the Homeless Not Toothless event.
0: Thank you. Um, I will be at your broker's open um, wearing an outfit that would fit at the MTV VMAs, but on a Tuesday at 3 p.m., Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you know we're talking about new york legends for those who don't know both al pacino and robert de niro both new york legends Mm -hmm. we're gonna continue the trend unfortunately it's not necessarily the thirsty trend we're following but not yet what we're here to discuss today in this episode is the meteoric rise of one ice spice
1: so first off I love Ice Spice. She Same. is a legend. She's an icon. She's the moment. But, you know, there's been a lot of coverage of her. Many podcasts before us have talked about her. But today we're entering the octagon because we want to start with some background. Okay. Uh, First off, Ice Spice, real name? Isis Gaston. Um, Gorgeous. She's 23. She's from the Bronx.
0: I mean, the thing is, Isis Gaston is kind of an incredible name, Ice Spice is also a great name. But where did Ice Spice come from? The name. We know she comes from the Bronx. Like so many other legends before her. Jenny from the block.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Cardi B. I mean, you know, surprisingly, Ice Spice, the name has nothing to do with the Spice Girls, which I was surprised by. But she said that her nickname has always been Ice. Um, And Ice rhymes with spice. And she likes
0: spicy food. Honestly, I love a simple explanation. That... That makes a lot of sense. But how did she go from, you know, ISIS, ICE, to being called Raps Princess by none other than New York Times? Is the New York Times the arbiter of rap royalty? No. But that's a big deal nonetheless.
1: hmm I mean, look So... The New York Times, a.k.a. Ice Spice's hometown newspaper, um, probably called her that because we're going to start with Ice Spice in college. So in college, Ice Spice met her producer Riot USA and Riot is also from the Bronx and they just hit it off, um, which led them to work on two of her very, very first songs, which were No Clarity and Bully Freestyle
0: yeah they watching all my moves
3: if she wants drill shit she better come with the tool i ain't even gotta prove soon as i step in a room they getting
0: into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she also blew up on tiktok specifically because of the busted challenge correct
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know she was telling l magazine that she like worked on that tiktok for like seven hours but wow. i think that's very indicative of the type of hustle. Ice Spice has, you know, she has that type of grind and that's exactly the type of energy she started her career with because it kind of also gave her the confidence to put out more content and to be a capital A artist. So that brings us to the summer of 2022 with her first single, Munch,
3: parentheses, Feeling You. You thought I was feeling you? No, no. I was feeling you. That nigga, Munch.
0: Nigga, it, he ate it for lunch. This my baddie I get what I want like. Oh my God, yes. This... Was my, along with I feel like the majority of the world's entry to Ice Spice. Because this song went viral on TikTok. Mm -hmm. It was impossible to scroll down your FYP without hearing a snippet of it. And she had another song more recently have that same kind of virality on TikTok too.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was a collab with UK artist Pink Panther S and it's called Boys a Liar Part 2
0: this song just gets stuck in my head every single day i'm just walking around the house going "Mm -mm 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 -mm." so clearly at this point i spice is kind of a big deal She's on the billboard charts. She's at the Met Gala. She's entertaining Northwest. Her rise from, you know, the TikTok busted challenge to Anna Wintour's special guest in two years would be astronomical for anyone. But hers is so astronomical that she's facing accusations of being an industry plant. So what? gives how did ice spice do this how did she rise so high so fast so furious
1: Mm, family just kidding i really think she's only gonna go up from here so today we're gonna break down the mystery of ice spice and we could not have this convo by ourselves so we called up sydney madden of npr's louder than a riot
0: after a short break, we, Candace and I will be back with Sydney talking about all things Ice Spice. Stay tuned.
1: Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night.
0: And we're back with Sydney Madden, the host of NPR's music podcast, Louder Than a Riot. They've recently done episodes on Saucy Santana, Trina, Trick Daddy, and Lotto. And today, Sydney's here to talk with us about the rise of Ice Spice. Sydney, hello. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm hype, y'all. Let's get into it. Let's do it.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, Sydney is truly one of the at least one of my favorite music reporters right now and so i was very happy to have her here to talk about another revolutionary icon in the force um but we have a question for you sydney very baseline which is what is your first internet memory
3: well, I would say uh, as someone who's 32 years old and came up through the AIM days into the advent of Tumblr and Vine and Twitter and everything we have now, I mean, my first usage of the internet was definitely connecting with other Destiny's Child fans oh. on AIM and mm-hmm. AIM Groups. Um, and that translated to figuring out where concerts were going to be because I I didn't know how to look up concerts until um, I I was in certain AIM chats and figured out that, oh, wait, they're actually performing. Because to me, seeing an artist live for a long time just felt like such a once-in-a-lifetime, celestial yeah. type of opportunity. And now, fast forward however many years, I go to shows two times, three times a week sometimes. as part of my job. But I think finding out that you can track where your favorite artists are going um, online through a lot of chat rooms and AIM chats. That was a big moment for me.
0: That is a phenomenal answer. I love that Beyonce continues to just be a recurring character of our show. In that kind of vein of connecting with fans and discovering new artists, we're here to talk about I Spice, which makes me want to ask, when did she first hit your radar? What was the moment that you kind of were like, okay, Here's this person.
3: I was actually up on Ice Spice in early 2022 because I was looking through just what is the female representation in all the different pockets, all the different subgenres. So I did know of her as one of the acts to watch and to follow in the New York drill space, specifically the Bronx drill space. So like songs like Euphoric or No Clarity. But when Munch really started blowing up at the end of summer last year, I was like, oh, okay.
0: Okay. I know that name. So you kind of got in right as she hit this meteoric rise. She dropped mm-hmm. her first single in 2021. And then Munch came out in August, 2022, which was her first big break. And since then, she has been Anna Wintour's special guest at the Met Gala. She's been flown out to hang out with Cardi West. She's gotten co signs from Nicki Minaj and Cardi B. It's kind of wild to watch. Like the hashtag Munch now has over 2 billion views on TikTok. And so often people tend to attribute success, especially that of women of color, to the kind of randomness of like the internet viral machine or the machinations of the music industry. People have gone so far as to call I Spice an industry plant. And I'm curious as to what you think is like behind her rise and what you think she specifically has done to contribute to this Kind of crazy level of success in two years.
3: I think there's many factors that we could attribute to this beautiful like potion of this meteoric rise right now. On the side of her skill and her artistry, Ice Spice really has a singular sound in the Bronx drill space in a way that has helped to catapult her. So a hallmark of Ice's flow that really sets her apart from other people, other rappers, male or female in the drill space, is she has just this very cool, calm, and collected way about her. She's self-assured, but not bombastic. It's kind of a doe-eyed, unfazed type of delivery. It's very smooth. And that's really a standout in the drill space. She has a very smooth, self-assured flow that makes her stand out. She also is someone who keep her finger on the pulse of the internet as someone who's not only a digital native, but a Gen Z TikTok native. uh, She knows what her main demographic wants, whether it be sampling a Spongebob theme song or jumping on challenges that are native to TikTok to promote her own music. These are all really smart factors in kind of slow playing her rise. Also with Munch dropping in 2022, she really maxed out what a viral song can do. And even to the point where people were calling her, writing her off as a one hit wonder. And then she dropped little breadcrumbs for their tracks. And then at the top of the year in January, which is historically a hard time to really move a record. She dropped a five or six song EP and that gave way to even more of her tapping into the lexicon of the internet like seeing that her fans call her the people's princess and really (laughs) playing off of that with Princess Diana which in my opinion is one of her strongest tracks. Sydney I'm really glad you put in that context
1: and you mentioned Princess Diana which we're going to talk about Nicki Minaj Kosa and we're going to talk about what it means to be in that legacy Um, but I kind of want to get back to just the strategic nature of the way she's popped because you mentioned how January is a hard time to move an album and I think that's a little bit about where people started to bring up industry plant kind of this idea of like oh how can someone do this thing unless they have major studio backing where's it coming from blah 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 but I also think Ice Spice is just so relatable. She's so smart because that is her appeal. Everything she does seems organic, but it's strategic. And I kind of wanted to ask about just the Princess Diana of it all. Like, what do you think got her that moniker? And do you think she's earned it? Do you think it's accurate?
3: I think her fans dubbing her the people's princess, Princess Diana, is in direct relation to how well she knows her fan base. Like you said, Candice, even though we know the industry is a machine and things are very carefully calculated, weeks, months, sometimes a whole year out, everything feels that much more destined mm. because of the way she carries herself. Ice being an extremely online type of person and knowing her audience that much better matched with What seems to be her natural demeanor of being somebody who's almost on the verge of blasé, where she's not going to get involved in the comment section, she's not going to get involved in squabbles, she's not going to respond when some fan or troll tries to say that Drake is calling her out or subbing her on a track and saying she sounds better on mute. But I think the fact that she hasn't tripped up and succumb to a lot of those pressures yet, it actually bolsters the appeal of her being this unbothered, relatable, approachable type of person.
0: I think that's really smart. I kind of want to dig into the concept of an industry plant and what you think is kind of behind that being levied as an insult.
3: I think when it is thrown around because artists seemingly pop very fast or pop overnight. It is used as an insult as a way to detract from their work ethic or whatever they've put into it. But when it's weaponized against women specifically, There's a specific layer of vitriol that's hurled with it. And it's one that says, not only are you not qualified as a female rapper, as an artist overall, you're not qualified as a rapper, period. It's a way to really discount a lot of work that was put in. And yeah, the timeline of Ice beginning to rap to her starting to pop, it is very fast. It's surprisingly fast. But I think that's the nature of the industry, and the world we live in at this point. Like, what's that saying? You work 10 years to be an overnight success. Mm, And there are some mm -hmm. people who have one good idea, one good shot, and they get recognized for it literally, seemingly, really overnight, and they're able to monopolize on it. But I don't think that road to success is any less valid or any less merited, especially in a space where, like, Number one rule is to get popping, And then everything else will really fall around it. There are many paths to stardom, even more than we've ever seen before with the democratization of the internet. And I don't think that her, quote unquote, popping at this rapid speed is really a a detriment to her in any way so far.
1: I mean, I think you are touching upon Just how sometimes the internet makes critique kind of just seem like haterade. And I kind of remember Mm. when Munch first hit, became really big on TikTok, industry plants allegations come in, and I just feel like we were noticing a lot of criticism coming from men, just saying Ice Spice was not a good rapper, just coming off that baseline. But I think maybe now is a good time to kind of talk about the roots of just some of that uglier side of the criticism so this is the colorism you know there are people saying that she is successful and it's attributed to her being light-skinned you know i mean even talking about louder than a riot you guys did a really good episode this season about the male gaze in hip-hop and just Mm -hmm. how it is so specifically aimed towards women in hip-hop to take them down but also it kind of feeds into this idea that like they are for someone's pleasure other than themselves. And I think one thing you're kind of bringing up is that Ice Spice runs her own game. Ice Spice is the person controlling the board. And so I just want to talk a little bit about your interpretation of the criticism. You know, what is it about the pretty privilege, the light skin privilege, all that stuff? Do you sense there's merit or do you feel like this is just haterade and what is, how, and like, maybe that's just not surprising because she's a woman succeeding.
3: Yeah. At the root of every shred of criticism right now that I'm seeing hurled at Ice Spice, it's rooted in massage noir, which as you said, is really the focus of our second season. Massage Noir is the compounded racist sexism that falls on the shoulder of black women specifically. I think there are varying degrees of merit to some of the critique that is coming at her, but at the root, all the streams flow back to Massage Noir for, mm-hmm. for me, from where I'm sitting right now. So in terms of pretty privilege, there's that tweet that I sent out a couple of years ago at this point where she's like, yeah, I believe in pretty privilege and I'm going to ride that. Like, y'all be safe. <laughs> um, the entertainment industry, I will say, still runs on pretty privilege writ large, right? And in hip hop, you got to double that, triple that. Um, the blatant, ever-present eye of the male gaze is always watching. And the male gaze is the idea that everything women do is meant for consumption by cishet men like ice did not obviously create colorism ice is benefiting from colorism but it's more about if the knowledge that you're benefiting from this privilege what are you doing with that access point point? and i will say so far in ice's case i have seen her platform other artists specifically her friend who's a content creator and rapper, Clea Trapra. And Ice has put her front and center with her in music videos. And it's felt like not something that was done as a strategy to kind of skirt around colorism critiques. It seems something that's quite natural because they seem to naturally vibe together. But for me, it's about continued uses of your privilege to grant access to those who are not privileged and so far i think she's operated really well in that space
1: i think what you're kind of also hitting at is this idea that ice spice surrounds herself with people she wants to work with people she likes people she fucks with but i actually wanted to touch a little bit um just on the business side of ice spice because sydney you've done so much reporting on just the business of this industry Recently, it was reported that Ice Spice owns her masters. What is the importance of Ice Spice owning her masters, especially this early in her career? And is that normal for women in hip hop? Um, And just what does this mean for the future of Ice Spice from a very business monetary standpoint?
3: Well, there's a couple of things. Ice Spice owning her masters. um, I know it was said in a profile. I cannot independently verify that to be true because I haven't reported that out myself, and I haven't seen any contracts. So yes, iSpice and iSpice's management, they do say that she owns all of her masters. Um, I think that is definitely a rarity in the music space, definitely a rarity in the hip hop space. Uh, And it really, to me, signals What is the possibility of this renaissance of women in hip-hop right now? Because overall, Masters, which is, you know, owning the recorded music, not only the melodies, but the tracking as well, that just directly ties to agency. In the case of Khalees not owning her Masters and the Neptunes owning her Masters, Milkshake is a cultural moment. The beat is iconic, her verses are iconic. And then to think that she was a indelible element in creating that moment and gets to reap none of the rewards of it that's been the storyline for a lot of artists especially black artists Mm -hmm. for a long time in the music industry when ice was signed to 10k projects and now capital she probably came to the table knowing her worth a lot sooner knowing the fan base that she garnered organically online herself knowing the the power of her presence and what a feature can do and what a brand collab what she can do for a brand collab bringing all that to the table a lot sooner and again moving with this quiet confidence this Mm -hmm. self-assuredness that she really has just it's just her way about her um i think that was a smart move that I truly hope more women have the gumption to follow.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what? Speaking of women with gumption, we haven't even gotten to the Nicki Minaj of it all. But we will after a
4: short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
2: Just go to ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy ramp.com slash easy cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to.
0: Hey, y'all, if you love our podcast, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe to Slate Plus, you get no ads on these Slate podcasts, including this one, your favorite one. I see why am I? you'll be supporting the show in case you missed it would not be possible without the support of slate plus subscribers and you'll also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like the new season of slow burn which is all about clarence thomas shows like working the waves big mood little mood you will also get unlimited reading on the slate website which means you get access to every single article and advice column on slate without ever hitting the paywall to sign up just visit slate.com That is slate.com/icymiplus. And we're back. Ice Spice has this ability to harness the internet in a way that other people like Little Nas X, who's also co-signed her, also does. And I'm curious what it is that you think it is about her, her persona, her music, her general vibe that kind of she feels like a perfect like internet star in a way that not every single Musical star does.
3: You know what? We live in a time of great saturation. And in a space that is oversaturated, I think not flooding people with information, it tends to give you a sense of mystique that she's been able to monopolize. She has this understated power about her matched with an approachability and all executed with quippy one-liners and the quiet confidence on her flows. She's able to make TikToks with Northwest in Calabasas and be mm-hmm. flewed out to a poochie runway show. And she never really says too much. She never really does too much. There are people who are chronically online. And even though I think the idea of ICE is very much online, like she's someone who... Um, is in the daily rotation of conversations. I don't really see her herself as being constantly online. Going back to her her rollout structure, she worked one song for a good six months and then dropped a teaser. She slow played it. And then she moved on to dropping her first project, which again, f- still feels like a sampler because it's really only about five, six tracks. But I do think that's also just a happenstance of her being new very fresh very new in this game it's kind of like a the chugging up to the roller coaster Mm. you know and then we'll get we'll get the drop off of of knowing a lot more about her i think it's already coming with it with the profiles that are being written about her that continue to just get better and better i think for a long time it was um hip-hop blogs who uh just wrote about her as someone to watch. Then it was early interviews where it was very baseline type questions. And then she got moved into the upper echelon where she started being interviewed by a lot of white men. And now I think it's starting to move into the space of like, hey, we should have a black woman interview this black woman and then we'll learn more and more about her. Mm -hmm. And
1: I think what you're also hitting on is this idea that she is someone who is running on st- sustainability i think her career is definitely hitting a sustainability point where she gives you a little bit for example boys Alive part two is a very short song but it's going so far it's lasting her so long and i think the power in that is that not only do we not only can we use that type of clip on tiktok forever and ever not only can it get picked up by a commercial and for because you know be in a car commercial or something but also we want more of her and that's the thing i think especially with doja cat which is that she gives us so much that sometimes we're like i don't i would really love not to see you on twitter today but ice spice knows exactly when to come in she knows exactly when it's turned too low and she she brings it up high um but i also wanted to talk a little bit just kind of about Cosines, people that love ice spice who are in the industry investing in her because I think the master's conversation is definitely about investing in yourself I think knowing that you don't have to be on our brains all the time means that you are investing in yourself um, I want to bring up Lil Nas X who dressed up as her for Halloween which was actually kind of my favorite Halloween costume that year um, but also Nicki Nicki Minaj you know she jumped on a remix of Princess Diana
3: Nowadays, I be ducking them cameras and they have that I'm up on them banners calling my phone, but they know I don't answer in the hood. I'm like Princess Diana
1: and Nikki was widely considered to be the queen of rap. So let's just talk about this. Like, Sydney, what do you think about Nikki working with Ice Spice? Like, do you think the Bronx's Princess Diana just became the new queen of rap?
3: The whole construction of the queen of rap passing the crown to the princess of rap that's what i take issue with because it reinforces the idea the rule that there can only be one it reinforces the solitary throne it's a it's an act of even though it's a co-sign it's also an act of division um that can be weaponized and and manipulated and and used against her, I think, in a lot of ways. Because, again, Ice's fans are, they're the people who dubbed her Princess Diana. They're the people who dubbed other people's princess. That is a very different thing than Nicki Minaj, the self-appointed queen of rap, saying, I am passing the baton. I am passing the crown. It just reinforces scarcity mindset, which is the idea that, You're in competition with everybody around you at all times, and there can only be one victor, which, granted, competition is a hallmark of hip-hop overall, like going back to the ciphers, but like the industry plant term, the industry plant insult, there's a special misogynistic twang when it's hurled at women. Um, And I think we're in an era of such beautiful expansion in hip hop because so many people have actively divested from the there can only be one mindset from the scarcity mindset that that the, res- the 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 idea that resources are so limited so you need to be in constant competition to get anything which was very real in the early 2000s when Nicki Minaj started to ascend herself. Like at the turn of the century, um, music piracy sites really, really hit the music industry hard. And that's when mixtapes started to become criminalized. That's when a lot of labels started shrinking their budgets and a lot of women on the rosters were getting, um, defunded and deprioritized. So, The scarcity mindset does come from a real place of financial scarcity that was imposed on, again, some of the most innovative people in our culture. But then that's a very different scenario than what we're living in now. We're living in a period of abundance, um, aided by the democratization of the Internet, aided by the fact that. Black women and femmes can control their own narratives before they even walk into a door of a label meeting, um, and I think to to still try and reinforce the princess of rap, queen of rap, division, monarchy, platforming as a way to as a way to separate. That's where we can get into a precarious uh, territory that I would like to see us steer away from.
1: Nikki co signed Ice, but did Ice co sign Nikki? Because I think it's been a tough year. It's been a tough few years for the Barbs, uh, politically and vaccinationally uh, from Nikki. And so, but th- I actually think that's also another point, too, which is that Ice Spice is very understanding of the fact that her audience is not the same audience Nikki came up with. This is an audience that is proudly queer. This is an audience that is proudly people of color people who are on the internet who were raised on the internet to find a community that didn't exist and i think she's really good at making sure her politics are very accessible and very Mm -hmm. open-minded in a way that nikki has not fared as well and that's like the tough thing too of like you know even though nikki has kind of started to come off as a problematic figure in the space she's still she's still considered the queen of rap, which I do think will be a hard one to push her off the pedestal. I think that's true. But I will also say, there is a reason people like Princess Diana more than Queen Elizabeth II. But I'm not going to go there.
0: I'm not going to go there. Mm. I mean, I feel like being named the people's princess by the people means more for Ice Spice's future than any co-sign from Nikki can at this point. That was Sydney Madden of NPR's Louder Than a Riot. Definitely check out their recent season. It's incredible, as all their seasons are.
1: Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. That way, you never miss an episode. Please leave a rating and a review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter at icyymi_pod, underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions. Like, mm, who did I spice wear to the Met Gala? And you can always drop us a note at IcyYMI at
0: Slate.com. IcyYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Candice Lim, and me, Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online.